Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. One of the many things I like about doing this show and doing it with you is the fact that um, we just drove a thousand miles down some amazing roads, and it was actually it was actually work. We actually that's actually <laughs> yes, what was. we do for work. And now we're here yeah. sharing it with you guys. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. As always, we are back from a road trip. We almost we kind of just parked and walked in and recorded a podcast. We did. Uh, what I can't believe continually is that how much driving we actually do. Yes. There are over-the-road truckers that drive more. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of people that do a lot more miles than we do. There's you know reps in their cars and that kind of thing. So, but it, it's just amazing how much driving we do just to get you know a car on camera or mm-hmm. we're doing a road trip. Just getting to location and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, we want amazing locations for our TV shoots and yeah. for this cheap car sports car challenge. So we're driving to location. We're picking locations, and we were just in the western edge of Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, down by the Gateway Telluride area, and it is just spectacular. We yeah. kept commenting to each other over the radio, the leaves, the colors, look at that orange. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah it was really great. We, we had work days that felt like vacation days, which is pretty awesome. So uh, thank you guys for listening and allowing us to do this and being a part of it with us even uh, vicariously. That's what we also try to do is to, to share it in such a way that you guys feel like you're there. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. we also, <laughs> we've been in these cheap sports cars enough the last three or four days to know that the seats are bad. I just discovered the seats are bad because yeah. my left leg is killing me now. <laughs> I got out. I'm going, ah, it must be something on the left side that's just unsupportive. I got a pillow back there. And yeah. Trying to find, you know, for the road trip, trying to adjust myself. And I'm at a w- not good. I'm at a weird candid angle because the driver's side seat bolster is so compressed that you actually don't sit with your back flat anymore, which is very weird. So I had to get used to which that. It hurts over it, time. It doesn't feel good over time. Yeah. I mean, look, these are our complaints. You can't see my air quotes. These are our complaints. <laughs> but I, on the other end of the we spectrum. We bought cheap cars. Exactly. Worn other out end cars. of the spectrum. I love the fact that we bought these cars for so incredibly cheap, thanks to Auto Tempest. And we're driving them through all these adventures. And we just did an over 1,000-mile hard-driving road trip in these two really cheap cars. Yeah, pretty awesome. We stopped for gas, and the cars were parked out from the gas station. You know, we fill up, and then you park so you can walk yeah, yeah. in. And a gentleman walked up to me and you know, commented, wow, nice car. I thought, yeah, yeah, it is. But then I thought, hey, hang on, wait a minute. I, I want to play a game. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, how much do you think I paid? And he looked it over, and he said, well, what year is it? I said, it's an 06. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, okay, so it's a little bit older. I'll go about 18,000. I went 6,500. His mind was blown. He said, well, I thought about 20,000, but you know, it was a little bit older. So I took two grand off. And it's just one of those things where, you know, all of us realize because we're constantly searching on Auto Tempest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next car. So we're kind of aware. We're mostly aware what things go for, but we do come across the occasional, hey, have you seen how cheap these are mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's what most people don't realize because mm-hmm. they still look like $50,000 cars in, in a weird way from 20 feet, but you know. Well, they certainly don't look like they're both for less than 10 grand. And of course, I just took my dad for a ride in the Z4 oh, and my did? mom, actually, both of them. Oh, good. And both had that, even though we they t- heard the story before we went for the drive okay, and they yeah. were still in the cargo, which is always how you know you've done it right. They were still in the car going, wait, so what did you pay for this again? 
because it does just doesn't feel, in spite of the the paint nicks, it doesn't feel like a seventy five hundred dollar BMW. And I'm enjoying howling through the canyons with that straight six. It was it's a lot of fun actually. Yeah, it was. Well, guys, yeah, like Todd said, welcome back to the podcast and uh, some amazing news. Yes, on season seven TV, it's out. It's out. Yep, it's on finally, Amazon. Finally, it's there. We're we, thrilled. We have all seven seasons actually on Amazon now. We we keep trying to fight our way through the jungle that is Amazon. I know that was a joke intended. Uh, we, we're there on Amazon finally with all seven, seven seasons. Most of them, the first five, are free on Prime. Season six will turn over to free on Prime here in the next month or so. Season seven just dropped. And, of course, like all new content on Amazon that is not owned by Amazon, there's an additional charge there. That's how it always happens. Thank you guys for your support and watching that. A couple of you have already written to us and said, Awesome. It's there. I've bought it all. I've binged the entire season and, and I'm thrilled. Thank <laughs> I'm you. Amazed, yeah. Thank you for wanting to watch really it that cool. badly. But then the, the creator in me goes, that's all I've got for a while. Um, you've, you've watched <laughs> it working. all already, but we're, we're working, working on, on season eight for sure. We are. We're, we've got most of season eight scheduled at this point mm-hmm. yep. as of this recording. And we've got some really cool stuff, some, some more variety. And that's what yeah. we try to do yeah, yeah. each season is at least have one adventure piece and at least some, some more variety that's a little bit outside the norm kind of thing. But it, it does add to the overall lineup, I mm-hmm. think. So totally. we're working totally. on those. We've got, what, two shots so far? Two we episodes We have two shot? of six shot. We have the other right. four scheduled. We have yeah. cars flying in. We're flying in. It's madness, but we're very excited. It is. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. A couple of awesome debates. Very different. I'm always looking for these creative debates from you guys, and you're doing amazing. Car debate number one is from Hunt B. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. He needs a commuter, but he wants a truck. Okay. All right. All right. He writes to us with the acronym BLUF, so that bottom line up front. He says, I'm looking for a strange beast, a unicorn of sorts. I need a new commuter car, but I really want a big truck or an SUV. Okay. Now, Hunt drives a 2014 Jetta SE with a 1.8 turbocharged engine with 215,000 miles. It makes the SLK look barely broken in. It does. Yes, for sure. This mileage number climbs rapidly as Hunt drives 110 miles a day on his commute. His family calls this his sports car because it's got a manual, and he drives the tires off it. Okay, sure. Why not? Now, what's cool is his wife loves driving it, too. And he got this model because it was the cheapest, most reliable car that he could find that was appropriate for his physical build, his family, and for what he could finance at the time he bought it. Okay, got it. Hunt, you're doing what all of us do. Absolutely, yes, for sure. For sure. Not surprising, and you're you're doing fine. You're Mm -hmm. doing great. But now he says he was over a bail at the time because he paid off his 2006 Chrysler 300, but then it blew its V6 engine. Mm. Wasn't worth the money or effort to put a new engine in. Of course it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says they are near the ice belt when winter precipitation hits out in Nashville. And he says it's not enough to warrant changing to winter tires, but the front-wheel drive Jetta has left him wanting all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive over the years. Tires. Oh, wait. What was that? Tires. Yeah. So some good things about the Jetta. There's good things about a Jetta. There are. There's a whole list coming. Brace yourself. There's an entire list. It starts with 40 miles per gallon, which honestly is hard to beat. When you're, I that's mean, pretty good. That's, that's very impressive. That's he likes the fact that it is a turbo. 
So in spite of the fact it's not True. a huge car with a ton of power, it is neither of those things, it feels kind of peppy. It's excitable. It, because it's a turbo and a manual, you can crank on it. I understand why your family thinks it's your sports car because I think that turbo contributes there as well. He's found it pretty reliable. Again, over 200,000 miles, and he's only replaced like the battery and minor things, minor maintenance. So it's been very, very little. And he I'm has glad to hear decided, that. I am too, wow. he's decided that he's a little spoiled to the German fit and finish, which is what, honestly, this is what Volkswagen does best. Yeah, you don't true. spend a lot of money and you just go, it's really nice in here. This is really well put together, which is quite impressive. He finds that he's now spoiled to that, and that's a problem. He says the style looks current after seven years. I think that's because Volkswagen forgot the factory still turned on. And the Jettas are just the, the new. It's, it's almost like the Z car. The Jetta is still the Jetta, the Jetta, the Jetta, the Jetta. They're the Jetta. just pouring out the end of the factory yep. like, oops, we forgot to turn the off switch. It's like they it's like they left that dripping tap at the yeah, corner of the, the Jettas are just know. falling out of the end, just piling yeah. up in this huge pile. of Wolfsburg is an entire city for Volkswagen and one little corner is spitting out Jettas. It's yeah. like old pistachio shells just piled up with Jettas. He says, it's a small vehicle. He stares into vehicle bumpers in traffic, can't see to pass, and he doesn't fit in the seats, although the legroom is good. Hunt is six foot two and 275 pounds. And he says this low stance causes trouble for him to get in and out. He's a 50-plus-year-old veteran with bad knees, and huge thanks for your service. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I can totally see that, though. Yeah, People keep yeah. asking me when the Lotus is going, just because when am I going to not be able to get in it? So that's a, that's a, that's a reality. I hear it. <laughs> going to forklift you into that thing. Seriously. Drop me in. I'll figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the jet is great for running around, but not the best for carrying stuff, as Hunt has a farm and needs to pick stuff up on the way home. Okay. What kind of stuff? Like bales of things? Don't know. Don't know. Stuff. He needs the ability to go out in the pasture if he picks up bags of feed or something for the farm. And he would love to be able to tow a light trailer. Okay. All right. I see it. Now, he's owned a lot of things. He sends us his long vehicle history. A very large list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Rams. Pickup trucks, a Nissan Titan. There's that blown up Chrysler 300 from 2006. A Dodge Diplomat and a Chrysler New Yorker are on the list. Think about the last time you heard those words together. I haven't said those words in a long time. I, know, I haven't yeah. said Conquest TSI in a long time either. That, yeah, hey, TSI, that was the special one. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Yeah, uh-huh. You've had a lot of Dodges on yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, he's also had various military vehicles and a long series of fast police cars. So, okay, all right. You know, he, he gets his daily triples. Look out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's done some research and thinks he would like a midsize SUV with available four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, but he wants it to have good mileage since it will be the daily on the long commute. He would like it to be or at least feel somewhat powerful. Okay. He says, don't need the seven seats, but you know, at least good front seat room, good cargo space. Sure, 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 yeah. Electronics up to date, somewhat-ish, kind of, you know, welcome to the digital age sort of thing. <laughs> Something that feels like it's aware what decade we're in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he says, I don't think I can handle cheap interiors anymore. I don't think that's a, an age thing. Yeah, he says, I, maybe I'm getting old. I don't think it's age-related. I agree with that. I yeah. really don't. Maybe it's experience-related after mm-hmm. being in a lot of cars. But and we having have, a German one, yeah. Yes, but we have a lot of people that are in their late 20s, early 30s, and they say, guys, I've had how many cars, you know, mm-hmm. lists of mm-hmm. cars, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. tired of this, this, and this. So it really isn't an age thing. But he does say no automatics or DCTs. No, he wants an automatic. Oh, he does. No manual. No manual. He does not want a CVT. Yes, no CVT. CVT is totally out, which kills, let's be honest, a lot of five-seat SUVs have CVTs. So that's gone. His wife has an Altima and has driven – he's driven many rentals. Write to us when your wife is ready to get rid of the Altima. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. But <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, yes. And lastly, no Fords and no Lincolns. There's no backstory given, but those are out. 
So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lincolns are right out. Mm-hmm. So can we recommend an SUV that drives like sports cars, large enough for a big man, gets good mileage, can tow, is nice in the inside, reliable, and lasts for years of highway driving? Oh, and something he can get for about twenty grand. See, okay. I was gonna, I was all in for we the Maserati well. Levante. We were doing well. I was all in here. Maserati Levante would have been perfect. <clears throat> perfect, right? Yeah. Right, right. Kidding. He says twenty grand after trading in the Jetta. So it looks like twenty thousand is our cap. Yes, he says. Please don't double the number. You've listened to this podcast, huh? Bravo! <laughs> yeah, I go okay. to work on you. We're, we're not going to forty, but we're we're trying to stay at twenty. All right, I see this. That's good. All right. Many people are screaming at their phone right now, listening. But there is one that fits all of these. Okay, I'm ready to hear it. And I'm going to preface this sentence by saying, "Your wife, Todd, is yes. a truck girl." Yes, she is. Through and through. She's yes. a Texas truck girl. The the bigger the press truck is that shows up, the more excited she gets about it. We had that Dodge 2500, mm-hmm. the Ram 2500, mm-hmm. excuse me. It was enormous. It was it was kind of too big to use, you would think. It's so big. She and that's like, just the 2500. She was like, this is so awesome. I was like, really? Granted, I like, uh, I'm climbing downstairs to get out of it. I'm a big guy. Yeah. 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 So she... Loves trucks. Mm-hmm. She loves Jeeps. She mm-hmm. loves Wranglers. The open top, just rugged, yep. tall yep. ride height, all that stuff. And the truck ride she loves, too. She loves the truck ride, which I cannot understand. Nevertheless, Hunt, after all of this, she's also a Porsche Cayenne girl. Mm-hmm. She loves it. She really does. So think about all of the stuff. She learned to drive barefoot on a 911, manual transmission 911. That's that was her driver's ed <laughs> and car. promptly decided trucks are for me. Yes. And then, yeah, she decided trucks were the thing. But even though she's into trucks and all that stuff, the Cayenne and its sport button still does it for her. <laughs> You're right. It's the right yes. combination. Yes. And I do think she appreciates in comparison that the Cayenne is a lot smaller than most vehicles on the road. Yes. Yes. I mean trucks notwithstanding she would love a big monster truck but at the same time she has consistently loved that cayenne we have about 135,000 miles on ours doubled that mileage since you bought it we bought it at at 64 we have doubled its mileage and it's been great we've talked about the cayennes a lot it doesn't have to be the s it doesn't have to be the gts true she wishes for more power because she she dive bombs everybody on the freeway i know this well but then she drives the big like we just recently had a a, the gls amg (laughs) oh Yeah. The big, the biggest yeah. SUV Mercedes makes with the biggest, most powerful engine they make. That was the twenty-three inch Michelin PS4. She loved that. Yeah, she did. Frightening like amount. And I was like, "Well, reselling the house and buying one because those are expensive." Yeah, but you're yeah. right. In spite of that, she does love that Cayenne. And and it's here's the thing: we have a 2010. It's a 10 year old car, and the interior has held up really well. Still is remarkably free of squeaks and rattles and looks decent. Now, I don't love the steering wheel of that era, but it still looks yeah. pretty good. Now, how many years have you owned that now? Uh, it's coming up on – let me think about it. It's coming up on six, I believe. Let's yeah. say like six yeah. or seven, right? Yeah, it's coming up on six. Yeah. And I think you paid then about twenty grand for it. We paid twenty-seven. Yeah. Twenty-seven. Okay. And, it, and it's MSRP when we bought it. MSRP was seventy two grand new. You're we kidding it for me. Twenty seven, and that was the base V six engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. But here's the th- the thing, Hunt is she loves trucks, and you love trucks. Mm-hmm. Many people love trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But she's still satisfied and still really loves it, despite mm-hmm. the you know. So it's right in the sweet spot of balance and towing I see it. and I totally see it. Yeah, 
off-road and all those things. And Cayennes, I think more than most SUVs, have the off-road capability. They do, for sure. Yeah. We did the Porsche Atlanta experience for mm-hmm. a TV season, for a TV episode. Yep. And they deliberately get those things off-road. They go beat on them. Mm-hmm. And the With- new Cayennes are, of course, impressive. The suspension modes, the all-wheel drive modes are Unbelievable with random all season tires. It's not like yeah, just we put big, tires. Just, all season tires. It just can. Now yeah. those are out of your budget. I realize that, but I'm telling you, the nicest Cayenne, the most Cayenne you can buy for your budget mm. is the SUV for you because you're over here. I see it. It was engineered from the very first one from '04, right? Oh, 2003. Yeah, yeah, 2003. The whole headspace was this has got to be an Autobahn bomber. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, you know. Well, at those speeds, you're not getting good gas mileage. No you're car not, is. No, but there's no, still, not happening. you're going fast. You're bombing. It mm-hmm. still handles. Mm-hmm. But yet, it can go off-road. The early mm-hmm. the early Cayennes had their problems. Don't get an 03 to 06. Yeah. But an 08, they didn't make an 07. That's how many problems they were fixing, right. by the way. They didn't make an 07. An 08 to 2010, that's the end of the first gen. We have a 2010 right at the end of the first gen. And then the second gens have come down a lot. They're well in your budget if you want one. Yeah, I mean, I... Just get looking at Cayennes. You've got to drive one. I think that's great. Interiors, build quality, longevity. And if you do start to invest maintenance into this thing, I think it's going to reward you. Mm. Take care of your car. It's going to take care of you. I am I am going to, of course, second and third your Cayenne recommendation because I have one and it's been great for us. And I think it's a great answer for Hunt. I have some other thoughts as well. Love it. Bring it. Put in here. Bring it. And mainly because I'm thinking about that gas mileage number. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go with I mean, two. Heavy mileage. Here. It's heavy mileage, and he'd like to get over 30 miles a gallon. Now yeah. I'll, I'll tell you right away, we're not going to match your Jetta. And no. and no. if you once you get into bigger, you get a CUV of any size that starts to have any towing capacity at all, and yeah, you're going to lose in gas mileage. I have an exception for you. I don't think it's in your budget yet, but I don't know how soon you're shopping. Is it a Maserati Levante? It's it's not actually. It's mm. not. It's the uh, Toyota Rav4 Hybrid. Now, new, new, they're not new. Yeah, they're forty. The yeah, they're forty. But they can get forty-five miles to the gallon. Okay, yeah. the non-hybrid ones still are right around thirty. But but the hybrid ones will get forty miles to the gallon, uh, forty-five miles to the gallon. But uh, they've only been out a couple years, so my guess is they're probably still in the thirties. So By high thirties. I, I think point. what I'd like you to do, Hunt, is to cross-reference what's the Rav Four you like? Because I have a feeling that the hybrid hasn't been around long enough for it, for you to be able to afford it yet. But but look, what's the what's the Rav Four that you like? Could you get a non-hybrid in your budget? And also, is that interior nice enough? All the tech's good enough, but I don't think that interior feels cutting edge at all. It's very much a thirty thousand dollar car. Mm-hmm. It's fine, mm-hmm. okay, but. You know that's going to run. It's got a little bit of towing capacity, which you're what you're looking for. It's got a decently rugged look now, which I also like. Yeah, yeah. I think all of those are worthwhile. I also think because we have to bring it up, we talk about it, CUVs. The Mazda CX five has been around a long time. With your twenty grand, you can just go find one. You know what I'd like to see at a Mazda is a version of that CX five that is more off road or more trail rugged. capable. Sure, sure, sure. Like maybe they can borrow the Jeep thing, the trail rating system from Jeep, and go Funny. rate one of their CX fives and make it that way. And I CX five Rubicon. Honestly, yeah. I think something in that vein okay. would right. appeal to people. Possibly, possibly. It's got the turbo engine and mm-hmm. the high high level up here past true, the Grand Touring. True, true, yeah. It doesn't have to be outfitted. It can be you know the interior can be stripped down and kind yeah. of feel like a hose out interior, but. Do one of those with the CX-5, I think it could be interesting, and it would sell. 
probably. Hunt, the thing I like about the CX-5 for you is that those get about 30 miles to a gallon on the highway. They don't break 30, but they're like 29, 30 on the highway. So we're getting close, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've been around long enough that with 20 grand, you could just find an all-wheel drive one that you like. And the interiors are nice. You're worried about interiors. Those are nice interiors on those. I think that would be a great call for you. Then I have one wild card. Okay. And you already said Cayenne. Otherwise, I would have had two wild cards. The other one that's a wild card, look at the Acura RDX. That's a good it one. It is a forgotten SUV. It is the – It is honestly, it's like 80 85% of a Porsche Macan for like half the cost. And Acuras, they don't sell all that well to begin with, and there seems to be no second buyer for an Acura. They plummet in used values. And the RDX has got power. It's got style. It's got a nice interior. It's a good place to be. You know, I'm looking at prices here for the the um, Toyota RAV4 mm-hmm. hunt, and there's a 2021 XLE hybrid that starts at $30,970. Okay. The XSE hybrid starts at thirty five, but what about what about that Rav Four? I mean, that particular hybrid isn't going to have too much towing capacity, and it's not going to do the trail and off road things that you kind of need for farm use. I, I don't know how light that is. I'm kind of wondering how light because he says it's like light stuff. So I'm wondering how how detailed we're going there. But I take your point. Keep I mean, going. if it's if it's just sort of flat gravel or just access roads around the ranch, then maybe so. Put yeah, the right yeah. tires on it, and you'll just suddenly give it you know a little bit more capability. But hmm. I do like your accurate suggestion. I think that's the, the overlooked. Those are car interesting. Here. Those are like yeah. twenty to twenty-five. Used they are. That's thing. I don't know why, but there is no second-hand buyer for Acuras. They drop like stones. They, just, they don't uh, sell a bunch in the first place, and then there's 20. nobody that's got a second one. Yeah, true. I think it's twenty eighteen a newer, twenty nineteen a newer that had the better nose, better front end. Yeah, you have to look around a little bit, but but I mean they're turbo and taste. they're good. They're much better than people realize. Yeah, that is good. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars one search. Matt is writing to us as a proud father of a five-month-old. Mm-hmm. Matt, congratulations Very on your cool. growing family. That's awesome. I love it. He's the owner of a previously well-rounded car stable. Okay. All right. He has a heavily modded 370Z, mm-hmm. a Porsche Macan S, and a Nissan Frontier. Okay. He says this combo works flawlessly for everything he likes to do from canyons and tracks to comfortable highway cruising to full off-roading. I see it. I see it. Yeah. That is a pretty good mix. I have to yep. admit, there you, is you've hit it all, for you sure. name yep. a thing. You've mm-hmm. got the tool for the job there. I love that. But then there's a kid thrown into the mix, mm-hmm. and he finds the 370Z sits too much since it's two seats, and he can't convince his wife to let him put a car seat in it, even though, of course, it does have car seat anchors. It has to. It, you know, yeah. the cars it, are built It is required. Them. They cannot require you. I'm, uh, sorry. Side rant here real quick, Matt. I'm saying this to you and your wife and everyone else out there that says, what are you doing with a two-seat car and a child? Uh, just because you decided to be a parent does not mean they can require you to get a different car. Exactly. This is the reason why exactly. Mazda Miatas have anchors. Now, I will say, I, I sorry, I'm just off on the, the parent rant here. I will say, it's a bit of a stretch to put a rear-facing child seat in the passenger side. That's a little harder. Yeah, you have to have. Yeah. I don't know if your 370Z does. Plus, with it modded, who knows beyond that? 
you simply have to be able to turn off the passenger airbag. True. If true. you can't do that, that's what makes a real problem, certainly with a rear-facing. Now, I have seen sports cars. I've seen two-seaters with rear-facing child seats. You're right. The anchors are there. If you can turn off the passenger airbag, I don't think uh, your wife's going to shake her head. I know. I can hear I can hear the head shake. I can hear – I know I know this isn't even interactive. I can still hear the head shake. From afar. From, from, from a technical perspective, you can turn off the passenger airbag. You could put a rear-facing child seat in there, and you are fine. Not the best. I understand. Not the best, but you're fine. That's theory. Then there's the ocean of reality well, over the, here. The ocean of reality is infected by I am married to this person, and we have to get along while we co-raise this child. Right. That's the ocean of reality that's involved here. Two seats don't have to die. But anyway, onward. No, onward. I like that. Well, the debate is, does he hang on to the Z and wait until his kid is old enough to ride in the front seat, which would be what? Your son started riding with you when? Six? Well, but, no, but, but hang seven? on. Hang on. This is the real question, Matt. This is why I'm concerned about you doing that thing. That's going to be years if That's you have a, a five-month-old. Because I, I have a tolerant wife and I have a large son. <laughs> Those two things worked in my favor for you can ride in the front seat now on a booster. Yeah, okay? true. If you follow like actual what they want regulations, it's like 12 when they want the kids in the front seat. Is. When they oh. want them up there, okay? Wow. I did it earlier than that because my – I look, I, here's the rule. I did it about a with. decade early. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Wait. <laughs> but, but here's the thing I had. Once we got him out of the backseat of the FRS, and I'm coming back there. Once I got him out of the backseat of the FRS and got into a booster, the booster becomes easy. Yeah. Because with the yeah. booster, you're able to get the seatbelt. This is the purpose of the booster. The seatbelt actually goes not across the neck, but across the shoulder and the chest. Mm-hmm. Once you get the seatbelt properly positioned, now that person's tall enough. Think about the fact that there are drivers, licensed adult drivers, that are four foot nine. Okay, true, indeed. So is that how tall your son is now? He's over five feet. I'm he sorry, is. Sorry to tell you that he's he's broken five feet. What? Yeah, yeah, that's happened. So um, it's just I'm around him so much. It's just know, it, it creeps yeah, up on you. It does for sure. So so this is the thing is that when you think about the fact that adults of that size have got to be up there, it's like why aren't kids in the high four feet able to be up front? It's kind of the same thing. Sure. It's all about that seatbelt position. But you're talking about booster, which is a few years away. Okay. Uh, I mean, young kids in boosters are four. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. a young, young kid in a booster, and yes. and boosters are, have to do with uh, with height and weight as well. Then you have your wife that's already concerned. My <laughs> friend, this is a fight. I think you are five or six years away from being able to have a conversation where she's comfortable with a with your child in the front seat. So yeah. I think yeah. the Z has to go because that's a long time to wait it out. Well, there's another issue that's in here. There's there's a lot of reading between the lines. We, we can hear the, sure. yeah, yeah. the parental debate in here. We can hear the conversation between your wife, and we can also read about the heavily modded Z, mm-hmm. which means it's got a lot of expensive parts bolted to it. Mm-hmm. And we've told you a long time that you're never going to be able to get your money back out of those parts that you could strip the car and sell it individually. I don't know if you've kept all the originals mm-hmm. or if you could mm-hmm. put it back to stock and sell it as is, but then... That's a lot of work and time to sell everything, list yes. it, negotiate, yes. right. sell it, right. pack yep. it up, ship it, the whole deal. Uh-huh. But then you think, okay, I just want out of it easy. You're not going to get your money back out of it. So there's more eye rolling from your wife about, see, I told you, you spent all that money on the <laughs> insert part here name. 
<laughs> by the way, by the way, we're we're hi, Matt's wife. We're we're painting you in a terrible light now, and I am aware of the fact. You may be the most supportive spouse ever. You may love that modded three seventy Z. Maybe she's drifting she, it. <laughs> she she uh, seriously, she might outdrive Matt for all we know. But if we're having an issue with when can our son sit in the front seat, we're talking years, no matter what the yes, story on that yes. Z is. Okay, continuing on. If the Z is traded. Here are the features that Matt wants. Okay. Annual transmission, rear-wheel drive, and he wants to add lightness. He says the Z is a little on the heavy side, and he would drool for something under 3,000 pounds. You know BMW Z4s are under 3,000 pounds. Just like two pounds yeah. under, yes. And they're seven grand. Just <laughs> saying. They're also only two-seat, which didn't solve our problem. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, the budget here is $25,000 total. That includes selling the Z, and he doesn't mind an older car because he has a garage full of tools, and he's not afraid to seriously tear into a car. Okay. All right. That All right. also affects the equation. It does. I have some back, thoughts. I have some forward. parental thoughts related to that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, Matt's dream car would be a Datsun 510. Dotson 510. Mm-hmm. Little tiny, little, little tiny sedan. Yes. With a Honda S2000 engine. Sure, why not? But practically speaking, that would take him just as long to build as it would waiting for his kid to be old enough to sit in the Z. I agree with that. Yeah. What do we think? Wow. Many things. I think many things about this, Matt and Matt's wife. Hello. Um, okay. Uh, right, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, Dive gonna, in. Dive I'm in. going to go Please. to the obvious answer right away because some of you are screaming it or, or shaking your heads that I'm going to say it. And Matt, I'm going to call it out to you. You need a back seat. You want manual transmission. You'd like it to be lighter than your Z car. 86 chassis. Yeah, there it is. It's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It is. It's it is. not going to have the power of your Z, though. Yes, you could do supercharger. You could do the yes. And many of you are shaking your head that I'm talking about this car yet again. But... <laughs> This is exactly what Matt needs. I, I had my son in that car when he was, let's see, we were out of the rear-facing child seat. We were that far along. Okay. But as soon as he was front-facing, and we did that, I'll be honest, also a little early. As a soon little. as we did the, the front-facing child seat, then it was just the FRS, and it was perfect. It was great. Yeah. And it yeah. is 2,700 pounds, 28 depending upon the spec. So it's under 3,000 pounds. You would like it. It's also going to run. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the answer, but I do. But I think honestly, if if you were to say that doesn't check the box, it checks every single box, Matt. So it does. It does. I, it leads yeah. me to my second thought, which is, you are a young father. You now have new things to do. You need to co-parent and help your wife. I know I sound like a dad here, fathering you, but I'm just I'm I'm just trying to save you from rakes and landmines, okay? okay? The last thing you need, man, is a project car. At this point. Because yeah. while you yeah. should be helping with the parenting process and the madness and the spilled whatever, you're in the garage tinkering on the car that you theoretically are going to get running at some point. Don't get a project car right now, okay? <laughs> Which is the other reason I like the 86. Is you'll buy one and guess what? It'll just run. If you want to put a part on it, put a part on it. But it's going to run. I say... The Z has to go and do not get a project. Matt, your email really intrigued me because I'm really going back and forth about what we talk about our own parents. My parents never really took a vacation ever. They never left my sister and I and said, see you kids. They did once in my memory. Okay. They dropped us off at each of our friends' houses. I didn't see my sister for the whole weekend. I was with my buddy. She was with her girlfriend. Interesting. Okay. 
And they went on some retreat, and they were gone for the weekend. Okay. But that was the notable. They never said, hey, kids, we're going to Europe for a mm, week, or mm, we're going here for – they never had the means to be able to do it. They never had the time. And they were focused on my sister and I. They were focused on being parents and raising kids and just being together. And I do love that as far as sure, you yeah, know, yeah. my upbringing and my family. I, I loved that. But there's also that, that balance that we want. And I'm talking about owning a sports car and doing the things that, that you talk about still as a couple and parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And your interests still continue despite having a family and a growing family. Agreed. Agreed. And that has been the general perception. I've seen it, you know, amongst my friends, our friends, mm-hmm. you know, we know a lot of the same people and mm-hmm. all the fun has to die. No vacations. <laughs> we got to get this last Europe trip in before we, we're now parents, you know, yeah. insert whatever here. And I just think, okay, there's got to be a way around this. What is the balance? What is the compromise? It's hard. It's couple by couple. It's tough. It is. But then on the other hand, you're talking about a project car. And I agree. Don't get a project car. Don't be wrenching at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. just to get it done when, you know, you've got parental responsibilities and things <laughs> need to get done. And- I'm going to paint you a picture, Matt. It, it's about 1230. Okay, you should have gone to bed an hour ago. You're wrenching in the garage. Unbeknownst to you across the house, your child has just awakened again. (laughs) You should have been the one to get up that time. And your wife swings the garage door open and goes, he's awake. Okay, I'm hating that picture. Uh, uh, You're not wrong. She's probably been She's been playing mom all day. Mm-hmm. You're wrenching. It's 1230. First off, you should be in bed. Secondly, if your son isn't, you need to be up. Okay? You yeah. need to be involved. Do not be in the garage. Okay? I'm telling you, man. Now, the Z has already been wrenched on. It sounds like it runs. It's modded. But there's sounds awesome. if you've got a modded car, you're always doing stuff to it. It's never going to stop. Even if it runs perfectly and it's sorted, you're still doing stuff to it. Well, it needs an oil change. You know what? I've been thinking about upgrading the brakes. I've been, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It, it's ongoing is the point. And so, Matt, I am wrestling between 50% of me wanting to tell you, sell the Z and wait with your money Ooh. until you can afford the new purchase five, six years from now. And what if by then the Toyota Supra is available with a manual transmission and it's been on sale for a couple of years and you can get one used? But You're then, having all kinds of dreams. I like this. That's projecting down the road like we all do. I'm projecting mm-hmm. because, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I don't know at this point sure, if sure, Super sure. is going to be with a manual, and B, if things will fall into place like I'm telling you. Mm. The other 50% of me wants to say, keep the Z. You've got it. Mm-hmm. It's probably mm-hmm. paid for. All the parts certainly are paid for. Hopefully. Sure, sure, sure. And drive it and still enjoy it, mm-hmm. but don't wrench on it. Just take it out. Do what's necessary. Hey, you're going to have a fun afternoon with the guys or, or everybody goes, your whole family, everybody you goes. and your that's wife the, go, that's, you go that's to the what track we hope for. or everybody goes, you yeah. know, you go for a drive, a Canyon drive and great, go use it for, cause you've got it. You've already got it. You don't have to change anything. So I am more mixed than I've ever been. Interesting. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, we'll go get another car. Cause you've got the Z mm. you've got the heavily modded Z to go do the track and Canyon thing. What? Okay. Another car could fit in that slot, but it then you're could. spending more money, but I think it's and years from being you haven't used. Really, solved the actual issue. I have two other cars you could consider. Okay, for twenty five grand, and the fact that you aren't scared of wrenching, and like, this is the difference. 
Project Cars, it doesn't currently run, but it's going to be awesome like your 510 idea. It's going to be awesome. You don't have to going to be awesome time. I'm sorry. But the I need to, to fix this little thing this weekend, okay, you got that kind of time. There's, there is a difference here. One of them runs and one of them doesn't. Get yourself a 996 911. Okay. So 99 to 04, yeah. 911, $25,000. Go get one. It's got back seats. True. It's going to need maintenance. It's not going to need this doesn't run. True. Okay. Like so that? 996, like 911. Another one in that category that needs an attentive owner, but you can buy whichever one you want right now with 25. You'll have, you'll have money. Here, here you go. Parenting budgeting. You'll have money left over. Mazda RX-8. Oh, that's interesting. It's light. It's manual. It feels very light behind the wheel because of that rotary engine. It feels light again. It has back seats. They're all over the place for less than ten grand. You could find the nicest one in the world for fifteen. Mm. What does that car need? It mm. needs to be driven hard when it's driven. Indeed, yes. It prefers that. Yes. It needs to have the oil leveled, watched like a hawk, and it needs an owner that's attentive. But Mazda RX-8s are out there, and they're light. And both those, the 911, eh, a nice one will be 25, but okay, you've got 25 to spend. Yeah. Go spend it all. And that'll, and that'll weigh right mm. about 3,000 pounds. Mm, that RX-8. So those eight. are the, the other two I can think of. Interesting. Good choices. Good choices to all, but you're right. They have to run. See, Matt, I'm over here conflicted because we know a lot of actual financial advisors who listen to the podcast. <laughs> and write us, a, they just write us big LOLs. It's just a big totally. email of LOLs. Yeah. Half of me wants mm-hmm. to take that $25,000 and turn it into more money in five years, which mm-hmm. all of them could probably do for you. They could take your twenty five grand and turn it into thirty or more. <laughs> We're gonna have an offshoot of the and Discord then, that's yes. invest with me. <laughs> yes. I'm terrified. Okay. And then five years later, you've got fifteen more. You've got ten mm, more. You've got maybe. And suddenly you're shopping in the forty thousand range, which completely changes everything. Yeah. That's exciting because you invested it over here in this new car fund that I'm thinking about, this new hedge fund only for car investments so you can park your money. Mm-hmm. See that ah, double mm, entendres, yeah, they write yeah, themselves. They do write themselves. And then when you're ready, you take your money out that you've invested and now you can afford a more expensive car, but it's, you know, the, anyway. Look at the other your other garage. to tell you to sell the Z and just get your money back out of it as much as you can right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I also think there's no time like the present to sell the Z. I, that, that car's not going up in value. I hate to say it, but, you know. Oh. I also think that your garage shows us that you and your wife are both car people, which I really like. True. Okay. True. Yeah. Because uh, the Macan is a great family car. Absolutely. It's small. Yes. And yes. it also is small. It shows that both of you like small things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I'm very curious what your wife would like you to be driving as a different sports car. What two-seater does your wife go? Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting conversation here as well. So, so don't miss that opportunity to have that conversation because I, I, I think there's a really cool opportunity to be a car family here. Um, you're, save, you're, you're actually having them put money away for later. That, that's unlike you. But unless, that's, we, I see unless we go into 2 plus 2 land, but the two that you suggested are really great because otherwise there's Mustangs, Camaros, Challengers, but if, all heavy. He's chasing lightweight. You know, that's the problem. They're not light. Yeah. And yeah, sure, yeah. they've got more power, but they don't yeah. do what you want. Yeah, they don't have the lightweight feel. Very interesting. <laughs> Matt, you've got to let us know. I'm, mm-hmm, I'm for sure. so curious. I remain conflicted. Kicking off with questions, Cutler Colin ninety nine on Facebook says, "When was the last time you two stalled a car? What was the most difficult clutch to get used to?" Uh, Cutler, what I like about this question is the unspoken suggestion that we don't do the stuff nearly this boneheaded. <laughs> right. Because the answer is yesterday. <laughs> I was going to say yes, like yesterday, hours ago, while while, while driving <laughs> yeah. these two very different old manual transmission 
coops. I think I stalled both of them yesterday. <laughs> Because I'll get in and I yeah. don't remember which one I'm in really and so I don't have that subconscious thing going and I'm thinking about, okay, is the audio on and have I turned the camera on and what needs to happen? And then I move my left foot. And, right. Oh, man. Don't give it enough gas. Yeah. <sighs> so yesterday, it, it happens all the time. The, the most difficult clutch to get used to, actually, I'm trying to think in recent memory, there's been a couple. I really don't like the rev hang that we've discovered in the current Jetta. The current Civic, the mm-hmm. rev hang is the frustrating thing, mm-hmm. and also the clutch has a weird spring on it in the Mustang GT three hundred and fifty and three hundred and fifty R. That weird spring makes it really difficult to get used to. Most guys, when they buy that car, take that spring off, and it becomes normal. That's a weird clutch. It's a great engine, but it's a weird clutch. Yeah, interesting. All right, Avi Ram on Facebook asked, "What type of oil do we use for oil changes? Mm. When do you change oil per manufacturer? Do we have another secret algorithm?" Well, for my cars, the Cayman GTS uses Liquamali, and that is per my independent mechanic who wrenches on that car for me. The hauler uses Ford's recommended factory synthetic blend. So I just I look at the manual. I, I buy that Ford recommended blend and uh, viscosity. And the SLK now has gone back. I don't know what was in there before, but the first thing I do when I get a new car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is change the oil. So I know I've reset the meter. I've yep, reset. Yep, I know yep. it's fresh oil. Doesn't matter if the oil, the prior owner already did it. So it's now back to Mobile One OW40, mm-hmm. and Mobile One is the factory fill for those cars. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go back. There's others that you recommend, and I know there's a long argument on forums, and everybody discovers and has their own preference. But it's not just one oil for all the cars. It's just you know straight across the board. <laughs> but uh, I like doing it per manufacturer recommendations unless I know that the oil – on that car wasn't as good and I'd like to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Get this. The Maserati used Quaker State. I've never used Quaker State, <laughs> but it had the right blend and the right formulation, sure, the right sure, viscosity sure. and the right synthetic blend, all this stuff. And Formula Dynamics in Las Vegas recommended Quaker State. Okay, we're going with Quaker State. <laughs> Great. That's where we're going. Okay. Alternator33 on Facebook says, most of my family doesn't want the rest of the family to know how much money they make. This sounds like, you know, a war over Thanksgiving. This this is the, So he has two sides of this question. What's an expensive car that people will think you make less than you do? And what's a cheap car that makes people think you make more than you do? I have both answers. Okay. First off, I'm going to go with the one that you can buy for cheap. And people are like, wow, you're doing well. And that's used Porsche. Yeah, true. true. You can buy. Here's the thing. Pick your model of Porsche. You can buy almost any model of modern Porsche right now for between twenty and thirty thousand dollars. You went back a few years, but almost any modern Porsche you can buy for between twenty and thirty grand. It's hard to buy lots of cars for less than thirty grand new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you pull up in a five year old Porsche, people are gonna be like, Wow, you're making a lot now. And you're like, Yeah, I spent twenty grand on it. Yeah. So Porsche yeah. does that like crazy. The flip side though, I actually wonder about this. A Genesis G seventy. You spend fifty grand on one. Nobody knows what the brand is. True. Now it's very True. nice. I'm not saying it isn't worth the money because they're very nice. But nobody's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, you bought one of the, you're really rich because you bought that brand." It's a Genesis brand. People are like, "What? Who makes Genesis?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd say Volvos are more expensive than you think they are. That's a good one. The nope, Volvos yes. that you really want you're loaded right. the way you want. Yeah, that's a great one. Are surprisingly expensive. That is the answer. Nobody thinks a Volvo's an expensive car. It was an right. expensive car. It's a fantastic car, but it was very expensive. Yes. And you get in, you think, wow, this does live up to the money mm-hmm. that I spent. Mm-hmm. 
But nobody thinks that. They're like, oh, you got a Volvo. So like $30,000. It's like a Camry, right? Be, be angry at the Volvo guy. That doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Isaac C. Pollock asks for tips on keeping a car relatively clean during the winter. Salt can get to be an issue in upstate New York. Yes, as in Utah. But breaking out the pressure washer when it's sub-freezing is never fun. Mm-hmm. Isaac, I will allow myself to go to the high-pressure washer sprayer tunnel washers only. I don't. No brushes, Nothing no gets moving. Nothing touching your car, yeah. Yeah, there's no, it's all the touch, touchless washes. <laughs> I will do that. It's it's somewhat of a solve because then you you drive out and the ice crystals immediately form. You haven't had time to dry it down. Yeah, it sprays the stuff. undercarriage too, which is helpful. That is nice. And when it's really cold outside and you cross the threshold and it gives that under undercarriage sprayer, mm-hmm. that is really nice. And that does keep it off enough so when you get it home, you can at least... You know, put some speed shine on it, wipe it down a little bit, and kind of get it how you want. Windows will probably need some attention, but I I do that. I will allow myself to do that when it's really cold. But otherwise, you know, I, I'm the guy out there. My neighbors drive by and like, there he is again, that guy. <laughs> I think all, both of our neighbors look at us like, what is going on over there? <laughs> Travis Bacon on Instagram says uh, we've both had our current cars, your Porsche, my Lotus, for more than three years. At what point do we take our own medicine and move on to a new experience? Secondary questions: What would that be? Travis, here's the thing. Both of us were thinking it was time to sell those cars, and then we started doing these cheap car challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, honestly, it comes down to I can only cycle through certain numbers of cars at one time and keep my sanity. So that's allowed me to keep the Lotus Elise because I just had a brand – here's the thing. I also had a brand new experience with the Lancer and the Mini before that. I keep – I'm trading cars every year, man. I'm doing a lot of new experience. So, But but the the big sedans and the – current cheap sports cars are both in this category of we've never had anything anywhere close to those. So we're doing the new experience that way. You might call that cheating, but we are actually buying those cars, seeking them out, having extra anxiety because it's cheaper than we would have bought cars. So we are chasing the new experience. We'll see what happens. We've both discussed uh, off and on on this podcast and elsewhere that there may be an end coming to our current sports cars. But truthfully, when we're worried about these new cheap cars, that's what takes our, this is brand new. What does it need? How are we going to do this? Kind of mind is is occupied in that. There's a movie rant coming. Oh, okay. It's it's about Fast and Furious, the series. I'm rewatching them with my son. I know you are. Uh By the way, still not good. (laughs) I I, I rewatched the first one, which is 20 years old now. Not a good movie. I mean, objectively, forget forget cars and uh, objectively, not a good film. When you watch, here, here's here's a side note. You're, you're right, rants are coming. I know that you haven't even gotten to the question yet. Yes, I haven't. But even. but here's here's something. If you're just you got free time, you want to watch a movie. Watch the the first Fast and the Furious movie with the the entire time with the awareness of the fact they're going to make ten of these. It will warp your brain. Because that was an unexpected wow. hit. Wow. And so they decided to make sequels. Think about this fact also. Vin Diesel and everybody in the cast except Paul Walker wasn't back till the fourth one. Paul Walker was Four- in the first two. Yeah. Not in the third because it was Tokyo Drift. Oh, that's right. The fourth one, they were all back. What? But now oh the ninth one has been bumped to 2021 and they are making a tenth. So watch the first one. With the awareness they're going to make 10 of these, and you will sit there and go, who thought that was a good idea? But they are money-making machines. What's the question? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I brought it up because the sequel, the, the franchise itself, 
answers the question from Amoros on Instagram, who asks, why do we think the car community is crazy over the Supra, oh. but could not care less about the Z4, the new Z4? Oh, interesting. That I shares that Supra are. Yeah, platform. Yeah. Are they fairly similar to drive like the Boxster and Cayman? You could break it down because they, again, they have got the same wheelbase as Boxster and Cayman, but they have the, the same kind of outlook. And that's because BMW with the Z4 went specifically after the Boxster yes. Dynamics. And over here, Toyota went specifically after Cayman Dynamics. So, yes, that is a great comparison. Our last episode of Series 5, Season 5, is called On Target, and it's the current Boxster versus the current Z4. Yes, yes. You can absolutely feel those dynamics. And we've actually never driven the Supra and Z4 because that's what everybody was doing when those two cars were launched. That may be down the road just as a, hey, they're used now, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I answer this question with... The Fast and Furious franchise, Mm -hmm. because the Supra that was in the first one that was so cool was good, but it wasn't on fire and Toyota stopped making it because nobody cared about it Mm -hmm. until the movie came out. And then suddenly it was gold. It was the most special car ever. And I'll be perfectly honest. Todd and I have not driven the A80 generation Supra. We have not. But it was a GT car, by the way. It was not a canyon carving car. So I I cannot speak to the driving dynamics. Mm -hmm. I suspect it's going to be far more GT car, and the new Super will handle better. Oh, I have zero doubt of that. I'm not – and there's people who will be like, you're wrong. The A80 is the best one ever. It's the Supra. But but it's because – Everybody cares about it because of Fast and Furious. And I, here, I'll, That's I'll, I'll go you one why. further. Having just seen these movies recently, I'll go you one further. I'm sorry. The, by the way. Yeah, hey, we're just, we found the series. My son, where, where are we on? We're on movies. We need to start movie six. In fact, that's what we'll do tonight. Is we'll he start liking movie six. Them? Yes. By the way? He's 10. Okay. Okay. okay it's keep, fast keep cars and fun. And, 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 here, and I'll also say this. My movie watching they, brain is 10. They get better, too. Because yeah, here's the thing that happens so. starting at the fourth, fourth, fifth movie. They start to become like Ocean's Eleven, but with cars. They start to become heist films. Yeah. Okay, where it's not about the street racing scene. It's about being a heist, and we have to figure this out with you know these resources, like, a, like an Ocean's Eleven film. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there is a whole community, and, and some of you are yelling this right now. I know you are. There's a whole community where the Supra – and the 2JZ engine was being tuned to ridiculous horsepower and refusing to brake before the first Fast and Furious movie was made. Yes. And they hired people that knew the street racing community to be their advisors to say, what car should we put in the film? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Super was in the film. Now, step back. Toyota actually tracking the awareness of their own brand states that the Fast and the Furious is the reason the Supra became the Supra. Mm-hmm. They talk about that's why that fourth gen became a thing. They track it not to the end of the sales, not to the tuners that were using it after it. They track it as a spike starting with the Fast and Furious movie. And, I, and you and I were just talking about this because I just saw these movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again. They pull up a burnt out hunk of an old Supra, clearly right out of the junkyard. Paul Walker pulls this up on a trailer, probably bought it for five bucks. Okay. Yeah. And he tells the wizard of that group. Let's turn this into a killer car. And it's, I mean, it's a junkyard wreck. There's like stuff growing in the engine bay kind of thing. Okay. It's destroyed. But the guy opens the hood because the actor was told to say this. Let's be honest. He said, oh, it's a 2JZ. This will be a monster. Now, rewind. What if that were the engine out of the Evo? What if it were burned out Evo 10 and the engine out of the Evo? Also an engine that's known to be just about unbreakable. 
Mine blew up, but just about unbreakable. We'll take a lot of power. <laughs> but let's put that aside. <laughs> okay. Don't but, look behind the curtain. But here's the thing. What if they pulled that in and the actor had just said, oh, that engine's unkillable. That would have done the same thing. It just it hit that moment that told – also think about this. That movie's 20 years old. You could have been born. That still blows me away. Seen that movie a few years old and now be driving. That movie's existed your entire life. Yikes. Okay? Wow. So – that made it an icon. I don't, this became a huge thing. That made it an icon, but it could have been any car they decided to put in that scene and call out that engine. It just I happens totally to be agree. the 2JZ. Which I, I'm thrilled you said that because I personally think that films with cars in them get more of a pass because car enthusiasts want to see the cars. And so, therefore, it doesn't matter mm. if it's a film about cars, the bar is a lot lower down here. <laughs> You're and speaking, we're all just speaking willing. personally. <laughs> uh, hey, you you uh, like all of Underground Six or Six Underground? I liked it. I like the opening sequence with the Julia, and when that's done, that movie just goes real. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Plot. Whatever. <laughs> my brain is ten years old when I'm watching a movie, and if it's Cars, my brain is eight years old. You're right. You are and absolutely I don't care that guy. What your terrible line was? Uh-huh. Because point the camera back at the car. I don't want to see you. Point the camera at the car. Make it do cool things. Make it jump or crash or fly or whatever. The movie's awesome. It's like a Sunday night monster truck thing going in your head. I love it. Yes. That's very funny. If the car is doing awesome things and going fast, I'm good with the movie. Except for the Stallone. Anyway. <clears throat> We're getting it. We are, by the way, Paul, Paul is doing this reluctant. We are going to do Watches Whiskey Picking, and Stallone. It's going it's to happen. Great. What we decided is to wait until winter when it's dark at 4 o'clock and we can sit around and watch movies. We, we'll do it then. I promise you guys it's coming. All right. Uh, so last question for me from Michael Weitzel on Facebook. Mm, I saw this. He's yeah. afraid he's not driving one of his cars enough. What is the minimum miles per month one should drive a car before considering selling it? Ooh, it really depends on the car and it depends on what's going on because you might mm-hmm. be, you know, for whatever personal family travel reasons, you haven't driven your car in a couple months. Okay. Look, there's so many people that garage their cars all winter. Mm-hmm. So many people. Yes. Unfortunately, my Lotus sits all winter and it starts to bother me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of salt or not having the money for winter tires or just not wanting to drive in the winter or yeah. all kinds yeah, yeah. of reasons. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You might not drive your car for six months, mm-hmm. let alone two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because it's a high strung whatever. That's my that's my baby. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is, when it is drivable, when it is gorgeous, even in October and crisp days in November, but it's still drivable, mm-hmm. no snow mm-hmm. yet. You've got to drive the car. You can't be like, well, I can't be invent a reason. You can't do that. You still have to drive it yeah. right up until it snows. Actually, I love your answer, Paul. Michael, this this is my add-on to that because I totally agree. I think there's a very personal thing here going on because here's the thing. Is that car taking up space you could use otherwise or damaging your budget in ways you could use otherwise and you're not driving it? Mm-hmm. The car should go. If it's yeah. sitting somewhere where it's not taking up space that you need for anything else and it's not hurting you to own it and you aren't going to drive it for a month, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this. Here's my flip side adding on to what you just said, Paul. Okay. If that's a car that you have a list of reasons why you can't drive it, sell it. Yeah, but, okay. you know, I just it's not good to go out and do that. Oh, but you know what? It it rained this morning. Or, you know, I, 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 it really needs an oil change before I, I take it around the block again. If you have that list going in your head when you look at that car, sell it. Oh, that is good. 
I like that. By the way, if you have a plastic bin full of VHS tapes, please throw them out. <laughs> Unless you are like me and you have stuff archived on VHS and you own a VHS Just player. throw them out. I usually apply the one-year rule. If you haven't used something or worn something in your closet for a year, it goes. But then I, I have caveats and there's always exceptions to the rule. But there VHS tapes, if you've got them, throw them out because, you know, digital streaming. <laughs> it's all streaming. I have one last thing to touch on. And it's a Rick wrote in. He wrote in on Instagram. And honestly, it's a car debate. And I'm not going to cover it because it's, it's in this question section. But I'm going to touch on one quick thing. Rick and his wife are looking at the three we talked about in, the, in our Corvette C8 piece. Okay. The Corvette C8. They have one C8 monetary unit. Corvette C8, a Cayman or a Lotus Evora. They're looking at those three. Delish. All three of those are great. They all have pros and cons for different reasons. I'm not going to get into all of that. But he refuses to pay markup on a C8. You, here I am. I'm actually applauding. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually applauding in the Brilliant. studio. Yes. I agree. Because do not, do not pay markup. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. He is intrigued by the Cayman. They both drove it and loved it. They're worried about the Porsche tax, the extra cost of maintenance to get a, keep a Porsche running. And that brings them to the Evora. This is the meat of the question I want to cover. He said, if we were to get an Evora, how the heck do we get that serviced? Mm, Who, okay. Whose service is Lotus? And they're actually in the – Rolls-Royce sol- dealers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you've heard the story, when I bought my Elise, <laughs> the closest Lotus service place was the Rolls-Royce dealer. <laughs> and I had to pay an exorbitant amount for a pre-purchase inspection when because – When you walked in, can you tell me how you felt? Just, just your overall <laughs> – feeling walking into a Rolls dealer. I didn't have to walk into the dealer, but they did the pre-purchase inspection and all the documentation and everything I called it. was like, Rolls-Royce of Orange County. I was like, yeah, I need to talk to, to the How mechanic. can we help? Anyway, yeah, I, I would not have belonged there. If I had walked in, they would have been like, I'm sorry, sir, our bathrooms are not for public use. That's what they would have said to me. If I had walked into the Rolls-Royce dealer in Orange County looking like I do, that would not have I'm played. here to buy. How do you know I'm not? Fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll go. That's fine. I don't belong here. I have here. a water on my way out? <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> Our fridge is for buyers. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Lotus actually has been remarkably reliable for me. Remarkably reliable. I've had no random issues. And, and the stuff that's come up has been like, oh, it's this. And we just get it fixed. Yeah. So yeah. very, very little has gone wrong with that car. I love it for that reason. I have driven it very hard. I have tracked it. It's been phenomenal. Look, I've done brakes and, and maintenance stuff. Absolutely. Stuff is worn out, but it just doesn't randomly break. Which brings me back to the question, which is, I get mine serviced by our local mechanic up here that's worked on the Phaeton and the Porsche and the Lotus. They're great. They're just a local mechanic, and they will figure out how to do whatever. I love that. There are at least two race shops in Salt Lake that will work on Lotuses. Don't do this, but you can go to the local Ferrari dealer because there's a Lotus Tech there. You can pay Ferrari (laughs) service prices. Uh, Also, there's there's a company locally called Makes and Models, and there's a company out at our local racetrack, all of which are known to work on Lotus. Pick your, uh, pick your dealer, pick your place. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. There's even more than we can get to for this recording, but sure. we're still working on them. Thanks for your questions. Keep them coming. Keep your car debates coming to everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And just a reminder, the Test Drive channel is continually being populated with new Test Drive homework. So we're putting videos on there. And the mm-hmm. way to find it is go to everydaydriver.com. And the YouTube tab is second one over. And you can find both of the YouTube channels right there. Thank you, guys. Write to us. Looking forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone.